gentlemen, that's my theme song. It's your boy, Tommy D, coming at you from the top of my house. You know, just below the roof in the attic. Yesterday was actually the uh, 365th day. So we are starting a second year here in the attic, which who would have ever thought that? Philanthropy and focus. What is philanthropy and focus? Philanthropy and focus is my answer to what I believe is the challenge that organizations in the nonprofit sector are often underfunded, unrecognized, and at times overlooked. And my answer is we bring these individual leaders of these organizations on the show and we help them amplify their message and their mission. If you've heard my show before, well, there's been nine other episodes here on the networks of today's lucky number 10. And on the show, I tell you, I'm passionate about this sector. I believe that this sector makes an incredible impact on the lives of individuals in our society each and every day. Probably each and every minute of every day is probably a better way to describe describe that. Today is going to be just as exciting as every other week. And I'm going to be introducing my guest in, in just a moment here. But make sure to tune in every Friday morning to listen to the program here on talkradio.nyc, also on Facebook Live. You'll see us on video. And then you can always find us on the podcast platforms after the fact. So without further ado, what I'm going to do now is introduce my guest today. First of all, before I even introduce my guest, Robert, I'd like to start the program like this. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Thanks for what you do. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for what you do. I want to learn. We're going to learn more about what you do. I'm sure we'll run out of time with all the great things that you're working on at Free. So let me read your background. Let me read a little bit of the background on your organization quickly, if I can. So Free, or Family Residence and Essential Enterprises, was founded in 1977. Tommy D was founded in 1978, so that's a long time. So it was founded in 1977 and benefits and proudly supports more than 4,000 individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities, mental illness, and traumatic brain injury. It is a mission of Free to help individuals of all abilities realize their full potential. Free provides a diverse array of supports and services, including housing, recovery service, transition to work, employment, day and community programs, as well as family services, a respite program, crisis services, education, after school support, and specialty health services and advocacy. It is the mission of the organization to help individuals of all abilities realize their full potential. And and Robert, but before I read your background here, I, I, I watched a video on the website uh, earlier today and different Differently able was something that came up, and I'm, I'm sure we can jump into that one in, in a few minutes. But that was I spent a lot of time in this IDD space, and that was an interesting way. Words have meanings, and and I was very touched by just that and, and some of the other stuff I'll refer to as we get into our conversation. But if I can, Robert, I'm going to just read your quick background. Robert S. Budd is the Chief Executive Officer of Family Residences and Essential Enterprises, which is a nonprofit agency that supports individuals of all abilities in those programs we just referred to earlier. Mr. Budd is a vision-driven, results-oriented leader with over 35 years of progressive leadership experience. He joined Free in 1985 and has held several key operations positions and most recently in 2008 took on the role of CEO chief executive officer. He played a key role in leadership expansion of the organization, which was an annually a $1 million budget organization in 1985 with four, serving 45 individuals to now what is an, a $135 million organization as of 2019, serving more than over 35,000 individuals annually. Just incredible growth. And, and I, I'm excited to, I want to move fast so I can get into the programs and what you're doing. Mr. Boyd is actively involved in many human service agencies and has leadership on a number of advocacy boards, past president of the board for the American Network of Community Options and Resources, or Anchor, and was inducted into the 2018 Anchor Foundation Legacy Leaders Circle, 2018 that was. Mr. Bode also serves on the New York Alliance for Inclusion and Innovation and the Interagency Council on Developmental Disability Agencies, the Long Island Select Healthcare Program, and the Alliance of Long Island Agencies, as well as the New York Disability Advocates. He dedicates his time to consulting, speaking, and training in the AMA and is a Covey Certified Facilitator, teaches a master's program cohort class at Stony Brook University in professional development, and is one of the industry leaders on the panel for the state of the nonprofit industry 
hosted by Long Island Business News. And now he's on the nonprofit show here. Now he's on Philanthropy and Focus. So, Robert, this is your big get for me. I'm, I'm excited to have you here. I'm, I'm incredibly, if I, if I had to break it down, yes, I love the nonprofit sector, but I'm going to give away a secret here, which everybody pretty much knows. The IDD space is really what I'm all about. I love it. I love the, the work that goes into it. Um, maybe we'll get into my personal connection to the space at some point today. But let's let's talk about I, I, let's just say this. Here's why. Why nonprofit? What what drew you? I think everybody has a story. What drew you to the nonprofit sector? I think um, I've always just been drawn to helping others. And uh, I had a big belief from the time I was uh, you know, first starting out in school that I wanted to be part of making a difference collectively. Um, and I think that's really what the not-for-profit sector does so beautifully. We connect people. We connect people that may not even realize there is a connection to be had. Um, and that's, I think, how we uh, bring forth the gifts and talents that people have, whether they're differently able, neurotypical, um, whether they're philanthropically inclined or not. I think as soon as people meet people, uh, we, we connect on a very basic uh, and very ethereal level. So. My apologies, Robert. I just had some, uh, my screen just froze on there. So that's on me. Uh, I apologize. So so collectively different, uh, you know, if you could speak to that, I find that people, people are compassionate and people want to help. Um, what would, in your experience, do you find that most people just need to know what's out there and, and what's needed for them to help and how they can get involved with serving different organizations? You know, our experience and certainly my personal experience, whenever um, I, I volunteer, there's a, a sense of connection uh, uh, to a, a purpose outside of yourself, to a higher purpose for general community, if you will, that I think uh, fuels us. It, it enriches our lives whenever we are focused on making a positive difference um, in a general community for, you know, for a particular individual, or, uh, but any cause that helps us bring our best selves forward, I think is just naturally enriching and people are, are automatically drawn to that. I think unfortunately nowadays we're, you know, bombarded with myriad of uh, other priorities and, and, and quite frankly bombarded with a great deal of negativity. Um, and, and kind of have a habit often of circling what's wrong with the picture. Uh, our belief and my personal belief is that we need to build on strengths, that we, you know, when we come together and we realize that, you know, whatever has a meaningful, lasting change in our world has always come about through and with others. Um, so that's, uh, I think, what people relate to. And that certainly... Um, I have to tell you, as long as I've uh, been in the human service field, I I'm never uh, cease to be amazed at the variety of people that can connect to a, a, a good mission. Um, and, and quite honestly, um, it's not always who you think. You know, there are people who are just kind of wired that way and you expect that they're going to get all like turbocharged over, you know, uh, uh, meeting a challenge. And then there are people that, uh, perhaps stereotypically would think wouldn't be so uh, inclined, and and sometimes those are become our best spokespeople uh, because once they feel that and and see the enrichment in their lives, uh, they they spread the word uh, in a way that many others cannot. Yeah. So you you talk about what you know. Sometimes people look at what's wrong with the picture and what's mm -hmm. you know. And I think isn't that just the mindset that a lot of us in 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 the nonprofit sector, I'll call myself part of the nonprofit sector, and and really those of us who serve, uh, whether it's just thinking of seeing things differently, you know, even just what how I how I started the program where you said where I brought up the the video that I watched differently abled versus disabled. I mean, those words are they those are different words, and and we all have different abilities, you know, neurotypical, special needs, IDD, whatever. We all have different abilities and different things that we can make uh, make happen and make an impact. And 
you know, just a couple of weeks ago, I had a good friend of mine, uh, Michael Katakis from the Spirit of Huntington Art Center, which you may, I don't know if you're familiar with Michael and the programs over there. You know and love Michael and the pro program. Yep. <laughs> and and, and uh, he's a friend. So shout out Michael. In fact, I, I made a big deal. Like I, I keep my hair in like a ponytail bun right now. And, and Michael was on the show. So I took, I thought I saw something there. You too. See, from now on, no <laughs> one's allowed to come on the show unless you got long hair. Um, <laughs> so, so I, I was, I'm touched so much by that, that particular program, you know, the artworks program over there. And to me, it's, it's, it goes to that we all have these different abilities. And it's what you just said about looking at seeing the problem or the challenge versus seeing the, what I would say the opportunity or, or what the potential of, of someone or something or some situation really is. Um, tell me a, a little bit about, like, you've been with this particular organization for, for many, many years. I joked in the intro there saying, you know, that, that the organization became around in 77. I came on the scene in 78. So I guess we've, we've both been here for a bit. What what about this? And, and gosh, what a story to, to go from a relatively small organization to to what you guys are doing right now. To, to, take me, if you could, just through the history of the organization. When you came to the organization, it, it was about eight years old, I guess, or so. So tell me a little bit about what was going on before what, when you got there. And, and we'll sort of take that into kind of the pro, programmatic conversation. Sure. So we were founded um, in, in many ways similarly to other not-for-profits by a group of citizens, uh, many of whom had family members who had uh, multiple challenges. So what was fairly unique for, for our history that I think helped define our culture and our value core value system is that we were founded for folks who had both ID, intellectual and developmental disability and people who uh, were challenged with severe and persistent mental illness. Um, at the time, many organizations were, were only relating to one of those uh, groups. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing that was unique from the inception was that we were founded in both Suffolk and Nassau County uh, prior to that. And, and for years after, uh, actually, it was very common for an organization to be focused on a certain population in a certain county. And I think what that did for us is um, we had this uh, this need, I guess is the best way, it was more than a want, it really was a need for the folks that we were serving at the time it had very complex needs and they uh, were labeled with many different diagnoses over the course of the years before they came to us. And so right from the beginning, we had a passion for finding that little sweet spot, no matter what the challenge, whatever the complexity, uh, we, we kind of stumbled on this uh, belief system, if you will, that we had to find what people were passionate about. Um, if you think about changing your own behavior, we uh, don't often change a behavior and then maintain it unless we replace it with something that interests us more. And so that was very, very much our belief system. And we saw that um, and ground of developing an expertise and probably are best known by our, our colleagues in the field for, for serving the highly complex individual. So I, I, we're going to take a quick two minute break, but we'll be back. But so I want to dive back more into that complex needs piece and how that has really fueled the growth of the organization and the impact of the organization on others other organizations for that matter as well. So it is, uh, it's Friday morning. It's Tommy D coming to you from the attic. Robert Budd, CEO of Free from Long Island is here with me today in the attic. So Robert and I will be back just in two minutes. Speak to you guys soon. Thanks. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc.
Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Inning. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So come through all the static. That's right. Join me in my attic, 10 a.m. every Friday morning for Philanthropy in Focus with the Nonprofit Sector Connector. Robert, I don't know if you recognize that voice, but that somebody had introduced you and I to to say, hey, you know, it'd be great if you went on Tommy's show to, to talk about the organization. That was, do you remember who that was? Yes, our, our good friend, Brandon. <laughs> Brandon Levy. So I don't know if you recognize his voice, but he actually wrote the theme song for my uh, for the show. So when we come back from breaks, we're going to hear Brandon. And, and at times, in fact, a couple of weeks ago, I had uh, I had a friend do a, sing a little bit of it with me. So who knows? Maybe you'll get to see too if you're up for it. So <laughs> folks, we're back with Robert Budd, CEO of Family Residence and Essential Enterprises here on Long Island Free. And... Uh, Robert and I are really talking about what the organization is doing, the the, the uh, flexibility and the impact, and and really how, from its inception, the organization was set up to handle complex cases or complex and challenging situations. So let's talk a little bit more about that and and and, meet, and bring that into programming and how that's impacted your own programming. But I do know uh, there's there's some collaboration between your organization and a number of other organizations as well. So. Can we talk about maybe just some anecdotal things that have happened from a, the uh, working with complex situations? Um, I think probably the, one of the uh, well, well, first, I guess I'll, I'm going to back up and say that I love that you noticed the change in language. Uh, that's something we did uh, uh, before it became uh, popular. And it was part of our looking for ways of uh, reinforcing the message that whatever anyone presents with, what, no matter how different they may seem on the outside, that we all have a, a, a true core. And that's what we were after, helping people connect, not to whatever their challenges were, but to what their passions were. And so that was our kind of defining philosophy, if you will. And the term differently able came about because of the very robust uh, conversation around redoing our mission and vision statements, mm-hmm. uh, which we also designed to be all-inclusive. So one of the things that's a little different uh, with our mission and vision statement is that it doesn't talk to who we serve because it was purposely designed to not only uh, be applicable to those we support, but to people who support them, all of us. Um, and so that's why it's an all-inclusive belief system that when we come together, share our gifts and our talents, our interests that we learn from each other, um, where we are in the business of listening really, really well. 
Um, and sometimes that listening is, especially if someone doesn't have the ability to communicate traditionally with words, uh, we have to be really good observers of other types of ways people communicate. And so that is very much part of who we are. And I think uh, uh, you mentioned Michael's program and you know we use the arts, we use the fine arts, we use music, dance, um, so uh, sports, we really try to provide as many opportunities as possible for people to connect with something that they may not even have realized they were passionate about or had any interest in. And so that's part of our partnership model that you were referencing. And the reason that we love to reach out to not only other not-for-profits, but just people in the general community and, and businesses, the more opportunities we can provide that let people experience the choices that they have, that's how that's how you and I learn mm -hmm. uh, what we like and what we don't like. And so we want to be able to provide that for all the people who are part of our family of free network. So when you talk about experiences, um, is that number 35,000 people that you're that the organization is serving each year? Is that is that that's that's an incredible number, Robert. So that's really um, the, the joy of our partnership model is free, as you articulated, um, and as our PR people uh, put on our website. Um, it free itself only touches the lives of 4,000 folks, and those are the folks who are, you know, um, often uh, more complex and, mm -hmm. and need, need greater amount of support, whether it be, you know, 24-7 residential day, vocational, clinical, um, et cetera. But our wider circle is through touching the lives of the general community. Um, and so our partnership model allowed us to have the benefit of being introduced to a, a, a whole new world right here on Long Island. And that was for people who were terribly underserved in the general community, many of whom were undiagnosed because that's part of, unfortunately, if you're in a low socioeconomic area, you don't have the same resources and you don't have the same ability to access things like evaluations and clinicians and, uh, and all those things that help you understand who you are and, and what you're experiencing. So uh, through our great partnership with Adelante and Pronto, uh, both of whom serve the larger community, we have volunteer opportunities and uh, programs uh, through Adelante uh, for supported housing and programs for youth, et cetera. And then a affiliation with Pronte, who touches many people right now who are in dire need, for example, of food insecurity. Um, so these, these opportunities uh, are ways that we love to come together to create solution uh, in, in our general community. And that is how we want to be known. We don't want to be the buildings where different people go. <laughs> we want to be hubs for solutions, bringing people together to solve common challenges and or to celebrate common interests. Um, our drumline is a great example of that, uh, that philosophy in action. We had someone on a team member who was part of our theater group who had a passion for drumming. Mm -hmm. um, and he created, literally created from the ground up, uh, a drumline and that drumline connected people who had never touched a drum in their lives uh, with a passion for drumming. Um, and then years later, uh, this that same group of people wound up competing locally and then competing nationally and then competing in the world championships. Um, and they get no special concession. And it's the only totally differently able drum corps uh, to have accomplished this. So that connected us to a whole new world and then uh, lots of media. And so people in the general community now are focused on people who may look a little different, sound a little different, but they're connected over a common passion for music and in this case, drumming. Um, so that's, I, I think, a, a good example of how when we focus on that philosophy and focus on people's common interests and strengths and, and how we connect to larger community, you wind up creating these win-win-win-win scenarios. 
And the people who volunteer for that, uh, we have a board member who we didn't know used to uh, be in a drum corps when he was in college. <laughs> uh, so when he retired, guess who's part of the drum corps now? <laughs> that's, yeah, but that's the, that's the fun stuff. You know, we, you know, I, I'm, I consider myself a connector. I'm always just trying to find out about people and learn about people. And, and the things, you, you know, most people listening right now don't know this, but here in the attic, I have a set of congas. I got a conga and a quinta. I think it's the way they say it. And I bought them about 15, 18 years ago, and I played them about 15 or 18 times in that amount of time. But, but they're up here in the attic, and every so often I mess around with that. But there's something so, you know, so therapeutic and 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 enjoyable about drumming. I'm, growing up, my brother was a drummer in band, and uh, you know, in the school band and stuff like that. So I was always, I was always drawn to it because he was real good at it. It was good to watch him, you know, paradiddles and stuff like that. I remember these things, but it, it's. It's all these multifacets that we all have as individuals. But you, you know what you said there is so telling. One individual had this idea of a drum line, and what it, how far did that ripple go? That you end up, you know, in the world championships, the drum, the, the team was out there participating, and it, isn't that it? Isn't that where all this comes from? I mean, even an organization like yours, and you said, you know, you know, years and years ago, when organizations like this were formed, it was be, it was concerned parents, right? It was like what. Well, we need a place to, to take care of our, our children and have services and have group homes and et cetera. And that's where most, everything comes from an idea. It was just a thought. And, and then it expands upon, it expands out. And that's, that's incredibly inspiring. And I, I think that that's what we need to know as individuals. But I think even the younger people, my children, you know, certainly I try to tell them this. It's about what you come up with. It's an idea. Take a chance. I always tell them, you know, life begins at the end of your comfort zone because it does. It's about getting uncomfortable, taking a chance, doing something different. And um, really, really special story. Back, back to this whole thing what you talk about with the food insecurity, which um, a few weeks back I had uh, Sister Tisa Fitzgerald from Our Children on the program out of Long Island City. And, you know, while food insecurity may not have been their paramount mission, it had, has become certainly a part of their mission. And I think, you know, I, I was out with my daughter a couple of weeks ago. I, I don't usually talk too much about this on a show, but um, I, I took her to a, a soup kitchen and and she said, we were just dropping off some food. And she was talking to the woman at the soup kitchen and the woman said, we need rice and, and we need pasta. And we sent out about 150, 200 bags of food each week. And my eight-year-old said, she goes, dad, can we, um, can we go to the supermarket? and buy, buy food and, and bring it back. And I said, yeah, of course. And I called my wife and said, I'll be later than I thought. We're running to the supermarket. Spent 60, 80 bucks, whatever. But this eight-year-old drops that food off with me and then tells me, daddy, that made me so happy. And what? An, so then, you know, I try to only cry once a month on the show, Robert. So I'll, I'll do my best not to do. I think I hit my quota for, for the month already last week, probably. But it, it's it's that sort of impact. Like what now? This this particular young girl is my daughter. But what is the impact that she will now take? And remember that does it get, does a life of service come from that? Maybe does she feel that she's impacted other people? Certainly, without a doubt. So I, I want to start, if you could, a little bit about what you've seen from the food insecurity piece just here on Long Island and, and beyond, and and then uh, we'll touch upon it, and then we'll go to a quick break. Sure. So um, you, you just so beautifully illustrated one of our defining principles, and that's the principle of service. Uh, many times people think of organizations like ours, um, you know, 35 years ago, um, I, I had the same belief system as a charity. Um, and rather than as a true community partner, that provides a vehicle for people to connect to make a difference in larger community. Um, so our, our folks often will uh, express the desire once given the opportunity uh, to be part of a solution. Um, so volunteering to uh, gather food, uh, to deliver food, um, we have uh, our day services or, or many um, percentage-wise most, are virtual during these very unique COVID times. Um, and what a meaningful opportunity. Uh, we partnered with uh, the Book Fairies, right? Another wonderful group I here. I love them. Yep. Yes. <laughs> um, and 
it, it was just magical, right? So now they have very, very meaningful things to do uh, in preparing and delivering and and to connect to, wow, we, we are doing something really helpful to help others. Um, and just as your daughter described, you know, that joy of helping others and, and being of service uh, fills a void for all of us. It, it, it goes to that whole idea of connectedness, um, bringing people together in humanity. So um, that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, whether it's food insecurity, whether it's uh, literacy, whether um, it, it's, you know, um, people just feeling different and disconnected, uh, whatever the specifics are, uh, I think we all benefit when we when we reach out a hand to help others. 100%. And, you know, I want to, we'll come back in a minute. And I want to talk about a little bit about vocational work, because this to me, even what you're talking about, and I'm familiar with book fairies. I, I love what Amy and, and now with Eileen, what they're doing over there. I actually have them uh, speak at, at a round table I did about a month ago. And um, in fact, I just sent Eileen a note and said, you got to come on the podcast. We'd love to have you on here. And, and uh, so we'll, we'll make that happen. But it's that, it's that impact of, of people feeling connected and feeling like they're making an impact. And it's not just let's go to the day have and do that thing, whatever it is, you know, play ping pong or whatever. It's, it's how do we go out to the communities and use our skills that we have to, to, to really benefit others. Super special. So we'll be back just in a minute and a half or so. Robert Budd, CEO of Free, is here with me in the attic. So thanks for visiting the attic, Robert. We'll all be back in two minutes, guys. See you soon. Bye. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. That's right. Join me in the attic every Friday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And joining me today, Robert Budd. Robert, I'm happy to have you here. As I've said several times, this is exciting for me. Um, I want to talk about the the impact of not only those collaborative opportunities you've had for uh, for the people you serve in your organization, but then let's talk about how that 
how the vocational side of things, whether it be vocational programs that free has itself or, or collaborative efforts that you have with others in the community. Cause I, we both know how important that is and how much uh, definition it gives to somebody's life when they're making an impact through some, some level of uh, vocation. Dude, uh, I think a great example of, of, of all of the above is our partnership. Um, so part of our network is uh, an organization called Skills, um, which is totally vocationally uh, driven. And part of our partnership is with Smile Farms, which is a wonderful uh, philanthropic group dedicated to providing opportunities for folks to uh, become competitively employed and like yourself are are very uh, much wed to connecting and building bridges to general community um, and the the magic of that partnership uh, just continues to unfold they uh, so smile farms gave us the opportunity to uh, have some aeroponics and hydroponics um, and uh, a grant to build greenhouses so that we could do our horticulture and agriculture programs year round. Um, we had done that in a little way at our ranch, um, which I'll uh, use as an example later perhaps. Um, but they uh, provided us uh, this opportunity to turn something that we did in a small way that people were extremely interested in and everyone who was part of loved. Um, we talked about that whole connectedness and giving back and uh, connecting to human beings. People also often purport to have this, this very similar feeling when working with animals and or, or growing plants, flowers, vegetables, etc. Um, so we wound up with these great opportunities through a number of grants through the county, the state and federal uh, grants that allow us to grow, plant, nurture, grow, harvest, um, then with the SNAP program, we actually have a mobile, uh, well, that's on, a little on pause in these unique times, but we will be mobile again. <laughs> um, but we were able to take targeted low-income uh, communities and uh, veterans who are often homebound and uh, people who lived in environments where they often had difficulty getting out. And we're able through our mobile vehicle grant to go to these communities, provide these freshly grown, very health uh, uh, organic uh, mm -hmm. uh, produce, but also right within the vehicle, give little demonstrations on how they can take an old, you know, uh, uh, laundry detergent uh, container, cut it in half, put some soil in, put it in your window, here's some seeds. Um, and you can grow some herbs or you can grow a tomato plant or, um, and then fun, easy recipes to teach the kids uh, that healthy eating can be fun and it tastes better than the, uh, the uh, food that perhaps is less healthy for you. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and as we know, often a challenge uh, is obesity. So it has this multiple benefit. Uh, and also brands or, or organizations as well as our participants as being part of a wonderful solution that they are giving back. And then it leads to competitive employment because when people are out interviewing, one of the first things, especially if you look and or sound different, that people want to see is that someone else is going to validate that you were a good employee. And so like any one of us, uh, we need references and we need a resume. And so we provide resume building opportunities. Um, and through our NICID grants, uh, as well as our employment programs with OPW, so funded through the Office of Persons with Developmental Disabilities. Sorry, I, I know we could create entire paragraphs without using an English word. <laughs> um, and the Office of Mental Health and Access VR, we are able to provide employment for over a thousand individuals every year. So I, I just want to pause you one second there, and I, I appreciate you spelling out OPWDD for those who might not know what that is. And I, I know some of us tend to fall into the jargon, so I appreciate pointing that out. But I, I, a thousand, go, I want to underscore that, a thousand jobs you've, you've been able to create? Yeah. The, and the, yeah. And believe me, like I say that humbly because our starting point when we focused on this, I, I think for an organization our size, we were embarrassingly had few people employed. Um, but we looked at what we could do 
Um, so we have some large buildings that provide services like our theater program, our personalized recovery oriented services program are sitting in pretty large buildings. And, and we are expending quite a bit of uh, money on paying professionals. And we always ask them to please hire some of our folks uh, and, and provide that opportunity for, for uh, both volunteerism, but then really paid employment was our goal. And that often happened in a small way. Uh, we converted that years ago to, uh, you know, we have a lot of acronym uh, fun with the acronym free, as you can imagine. Uh, so we have swept free. <laughs> uh, and so we now uh, provide opportunities for about 50 people when all the buildings are up and running uh, to actually be uh, competitively employed with some job coach supports. And that leads to jobs outside of our network which is the ultimate goal. But that was in and of itself kind of limiting um, because we realized there's only so many people we can employ. Sure. And that really got us to be focused on our vocational opportunities and the grants that were available uh, on the county, state, and federal level. And, and that's how we were able to do this. So I want to, you, you bring up the, the grants and from the county, state, federal. Um, so a friend of mine who I think we have in common recently brought to my attention the challenges that that this particular part of the sector is going to be experiencing more than others. Um, and I, this is not a political conversation. It's more of just data. And can you speak a little bit about, you know, from where you sit, what the what the needs of the sector are, IDD wise, mental health wise, and and where where maybe the state just or the federal just not getting it, just not not understanding. Can, would you mind speaking on some of that? I'm actually very passionate about that um, because of our co-leader model here, uh, Christopher Long does uh, creates all that magic on a daily basis, which allows me to be part of what I feel is a system issue, um, and that. If you look at how we were formed as a not-for-profit sector and the belief system and the core values that helped the not-for-profit human service not-for-profit sector get started, um, it, it's significantly different nowadays. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so part of our reality and part of the reality of the, the pretty significant turnover um, and ideas and what is popular, uh, just the turnover, quite frankly, in uh, uh, both our local, state, and federal legislative branches um, means that we had to acknowledge that we had to educate and engage people because they just didn't know. It goes back to uh, a good example, actually. I didn't think of this before when you were pointing out in your opening comments that uh, people often just don't know about the joy of giving and, and connecting to people who are differently abled. Uh, that's very true for our legislators as well. It's not that you know, often they just don't know. They just don't understand. Um, so when someone's giving you a piece of paper and you see dollars and cents um, and you don't understand that when you're funding the organizations that help people become employed, that help people live more independently, that you're actually saving the system money. So it's a good business decision. Mm -hmm. But you're also creating opportunities for people to be a community solution. And one of the examples that we've already offered are great examples for uh, why it's a good investment. Um, so, uh, so much of what we have done over the last few years is a public awareness campaign. I, I just uh, ended my uh, very, very uh, honored to have been the president of the American Network for Community Options and Resources, uh, otherwise known as Anchor, which is a national advocacy association for uh, organizations such as ours. And the, the impetus really was this acknowledgement that we need to make sure that people understand who we are. We're not a charity. We're not begging for resources. Uh, we are local community members who are local employers who support people who will be employees and uh, ideally employers themselves, which is a whole other focus in our world um, in micro businesses and having people uh, be supported in their entrepreneurial efforts, just like the general community. Mm -hmm. So um, 
these are all uh, very difficult to understand if you're just looking at dollars and cents on a piece of paper and looking at it in a silo rather than as part of the solution to uh, a common good and, and why we are a very cost-effective option uh, in supporting people. And we keep people out of the hospitals, we keep people out of crisis, crisis and uh, psychiatric centers and um, when those things are needed, you know, uh, they're, they're absolutely needed. Um, but wouldn't it be better if we can avoid those uh, opportunities from happening and or making those days very brief? <laughs> you, you, you know, uh, that, that's probably a conversation that you and I could have for an hour and a half just on, the, on this topic and, and really the education that's needed, you know, because again, not that the legislators, you know, mean, uh, are, are trying to be negative about this. They just don't get it to your point. And it's about education. It's, it's about that advocacy. And I would like to have a further discussion at some point with you and, and maybe some other leaders, because I know one thing about the sector is this is not a charity sector. This is just, you know, <laughs> you know, this isn't hat in hand. This, this is crucial services, vital services that this sector is providing that without the sector being there, who would do it? Would the government do it? Don't answer. That's a whole nother question. But it's these organizations are there to to make uh, make that vital impact. And I would love to dive in deeper on that with you at, at some point in the future. We're going to take one last quick break and then uh, I'll be back with Robert Budd and Tommy D in the attic. We'll talk to you soon. See you in two minutes. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. So thanks to Uncle Brendan for writing a song for me. And thanks, Uncle Brendan, for making this great connection to Robert Budd of Free. And he said, uh, Robert, you need to know Tommy. Tommy, you need to know Robert. You guys can really help each other out. And uh, it was it was great when we had that initial conversation, Robert. And this conversation is, has been great as well. So before we jump right back in the conversation, I see checking in on Facebook, Steve Fry, who's got a program on the network here, as well as Eric Sarver, who's got a program on the network here. So thanks, guys, for checking in on Facebook. And anybody who else is listening out there, we appreciate you being here. Robert, I, I know you and I could really dive into these topics, you know, at, at length in, in much more uh, for much more of a time frame. But we, we have uh, we have some time left and I'd love for you just to share um, what's the future of this organization and, and who can my listeners or me, for that matter, make appropriate quality introductions to for you. So the future and who you're looking to collaborate with. So, um, great question. Uh, we are very um, wed, I, I know me a little redundant, just to the whole concept of partnering in community. 
uh, local businesses often don't understand who we are, um, but once they experience us, uh, they often are our best spokespeople. Um, uh, that's why I love Brendan's whole philosophy and the fact that he connected us um, is a great example of that. People often don't understand the, uh, the diversity that we offer. Um, that's one of the unique parts of free is that we do run the gamut uh, for many uh, different people from youth right through uh, elder care to the end of life, uh, 24-7 residentially, vocationally, clinically, uh, crisis services, respite services. Uh, so it's, it's difficult to sum all that up often. Um, so just these opportunities and the opportunity for people to know uh, because they often touch just a part of our agency. And, and so then that, to them, that's what free does. Mm. Uh, and, and we often even have some of our own team members. It's uh, Chris and I uh, meet all of our new employees just to make sure they know the breadth and depth of what we provide. Uh, because we'll have our own team members sometimes uh, we, we found didn't understand that. So we, we changed the way we introduce people to our network. Um, so I think just spreading the word, connecting to opportunity, and uh, understanding that we are pretty good at figuring out ways that we can support other people's cause um, and, and be part of a solution. That's probably uh, one of our cornerstones. So, so look, you use the word network a few times, which is one of my favorite words to use, but you use it to refer to your organization as a network. And, and I, I find that very interesting how, how you do that. Um, is there... Are there certain, um, do you need more volunteers? Do you need, you know, board members? Is there certain, any specific ask? I talk a lot about a specific ask. Is there anything I put out there to the universe for you? Yeah, I love that. That's the term you use because I'm definitely a, a kindred spirit. I believe in that, that putting that out uh, in a gestalt manner. I know. So the answer is yes. <laughs> all the above. Choice E. All, uh, yes to all the above. Um, we love volunteers. If you have an interest, if you have a hobby, uh, we, we have people who could benefit from it. <laughs> Our sewing club is because someone, you know, loved sewing and, and when we needed to make masks, right? Um, or, or cleaning uh, products that uh, we partner with Ace Hardware on or, or because someone just had a passion <laughs> um, and said, hey, gee, is this an opportunity? Could we do this? So we're good at uh, following people's interests. Um, and we are always looking for dedicated board members. And, you know, if you don't want to, uh, that's too much of a lift. We have advisory groups. Um, so we try to be as user friendly uh, to make sure that we can be part of a, a person solution or a corporation solution uh, for the opportunities to connect and volunteer and make a difference. It's, it's, it's really special. And, and to, to be completely honest, I, I didn't know all that much about your organization before, you know, we connected a few weeks ago and I did my research and, and I'm, I'm incredibly inspired because what I'm hearing from you a lot today, Robert, and, and the research I did is collaboration. And I think sometimes in this sector, not to make it to, to, to uh, paint it with a broad brush, but I think sometimes in this sector, it gets, there's a mentality of people are uh, asking for or fighting for the same dollars. And I don't really subscribe to that in general life. And I don't think it makes sense in the sector either. And <clears throat> excuse me, what I'm hearing from you a lot today is, is that collaborative mentality and, you know, using words like opportunity, you know, whereas if somebody sees something and can bring it to you, I'll go back to the drumline story because that's right on. Somebody thought that would be a great idea. And, and what was the ripple effect? How many lives were, were impacted, you know, through that type of, uh, that type of situation and that type of activity. So I love that you have that open mind and obviously I'm sure it, it goes through your organization as well. Absolutely. I know how to stay out of the way. Let the magic happen. <laughs> I, know. I know. I know the feeling. I know it. So let me ask you this. How does anybody get in touch with you? How do they, is there social media you want to share? I, I, you know, did your PR team give you that type of stuff to, to give me that? Yes. How did you know that? I'm, <laughs> I'm terrible at that. Uh, but they did. I have Right here in front of me. I saw it. There we go. <laughs> it's www.familyres.org. www.familyres.org. Uh, uh, our main number is 516-870-1600. 
Um, and you can find uh, the website's recently been redone, so it's pretty user friendly, and can, we can connect you, um, including for volunteerism, etc. But always feel free if you're old fashioned like me, give a call. <laughs> That's how we connected. We did a phone call. It was it was very strange not seeing you on my screen when we were talking to each other. It was very unusual the first time we spoke, at least for. <laughs> for the for the last year so robert i can't thank you enough i i'm so excited to once uh once people of my age are allowed to get a shot and uh, i want to come out and visit i want i loved what i used to do where i go out and visit with people so i'd love to come out for a tour whether you sh- you bring me on a tour or somebody brings me on a tour of the organization and maybe i bring my uh I'll, we'll tape a little bit record it taping it sounds like we're we're old again but we'll record that and and have some uh conversations on site and share those out to the world as well I look forward to that and thank you again for this opportunity and for all that you do for our entire sector. I appreciate that. It's it's the least I can do is, is helping out. So thank you, Robert. I'm going to close the show, ladies and gentlemen. This has been episode number 10, Philanthropy in Focus, from my attic, just below the roof in my house. Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector. Next week on the show, somebody Robert probably knows, my friend Yolanda Rabano grows from Options for Community Living, right? I knew you'd know. Right here on Long Island, Yolanda's going to be on the program. Very excited as I am about these shows every single week. So join me 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, talkradio.nyc, talking alternative here on, on the Facebook Stay tuned on the on the network for the rest of the day. My buddy Steve Fry, always Friday, he'll be coming through. He's the SMB guy. Jeremiah Fox will be following him, the entrepreneurial web, and Joseph McElroy, wise words, create wealth. On the other side of the glass, as they say in the business, is my buddy Sam Leibowitz. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate you. Everybody have a great day. Robert, thanks again. See you guys next week. Bye. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Oh, here they are. What was interesting is, uh, hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. you listeners looking to boost your business why not advertise on talk radio nyc with very reasonable rates interested simply send us a message on our website talkradio.nyc do you love or are you intrigued about new york city and its neighborhoods i'm jeff goodman host of rediscovering new york a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. 
This channel features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 